um, rather embarrassing because uh, the reality is I'd like a little bit more hair and a few less pounds. But, but um, the fact is that we change, we mature, we grow. And we were looking at some old photographs of Miriam and Alison. And uh, they've grown and matured physically, but also, thank God, spiritually. And for Miriam, part of her journey was to live on the opposite side of the world for six years. Um, but she came back to live in Manchester a year last December and uh, settled wonderfully into uh, not only the environment of that great city, but also a great local church called Audacious, led by Glyn and Sophia Barrett. And uh, Miriam sort of helps in terms of uh, part of the pastoral leadership to that church. So we thank God for all that uh, uh, he's done in her. And this morning, it's a particular delight of mine to welcome her to the platform. And we pray that we'll have an open heart to hear what God wants to say. So why don't we give Miriam a great welcome. Thank you. Amazing. It's so good to be here this morning. Let me just sort out all my gadgets. Um, Amazing. It's really, really, really good to be here this morning. And I just want to thank Christian and Caroline for having me here. And I just want to say, like, that um, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And I, I spend a lot of time um, on trains going up and down the country with work. And, and you, you're traveling through the countryside and you see the church steeples that are kind of towering above the countryside. And I guess in the olden days, that was that was so that people would know where the church was. And I just felt this morning in worship that this is, a, this is that kind of church where the community around are going to be drawn and attracted and can see that this is a church that they can come to for help, for freedom, for, to find salvation, to find family, to find friends. And, and I just wanted to encourage you with that. So amazing. So it's Mother's Day. As, uh, and how cute were those kids this morning? They are absolutely amazing. Especially this little boy on the front here is so cute. Um, and it is, it's awesome to be here on Mother's Day and with my lovely mother just here. Um, I'm very thankful for she's sown into my life over the years and I definitely wouldn't be the person that I am without a mother like her. So that's wonderful to be here. But let's get into it. So in the Bible, which is what we're preaching from this morning, um, because anything outside of that is not, it's not good. Um, John 1, 5 says, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And my prayer this morning has been that, that there would just be such light in this place that any ounce of darkness that's in our hearts would just be gone. And that's what I want to pray this morning. So Father, I just thank you that you are light. Holy Spirit, that you lead us into all truth. And this morning, I pray for your light to just shine through everything that is said this morning. That it's not me speaking, but it's you speaking. And we give you authority to do what you want to do here this morning. And Jesus, we just exalt you and thank you that you are here. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Well, I, I love food. Who's with me? on that. I absolutely love food. I have to work out a lot to uh, stay trim. But um, I love to eat food. I love to eat good food in great restaurants. And um, as, uh, as my dad was saying, I lived in Melbourne for a little while. And there's this restaurant called The Langham. It's on, it's on the south bank by the river. And it's a beautiful 
beautiful location. But more than that, it has incredible food. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet for $80. That's Chinese, Indian, Andy would love that. Um, Roast dinner, seafood, top, top quality stuff. And the desserts are absolutely unbelievable. And by plate one, you're like, yes, I'm going to eat everything on this buffet. There's going to be no food left. I've paid my $80. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat everything. I'm going to eat everything. By plate four and by plate five, you're actually struggling to get to eat more food, to get out of your seat, to actually get to the buffet, to eat more food, because you're so absolutely full. Maybe you've experienced this on Christmas Day. After your Christmas dinner, your mum's cooked every single vegetable known to man, like mine. Um, You've got your pigs in blankets, you've got your Yorkshire puddings and everything, and you're absolutely, absolutely full. And you sit down to watch the Queen's speech, can't move, that's our family, I'm I'm sure it's yours as well. Um, But I was thinking about this and thinking it's the same same with God. Colossians 3.16 says... Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. But the problem is we get so full of the wrong things. And there's no room for God to fill us with what he wants to fill us with. So instead of being full of love and peace and thankfulness and everything that God's got for us, sometimes we allow ourselves to be filled with fear and worry and hurt and offense, perhaps even bad habits, unforgiveness. And that's where the enemy would like us to live. He'd like us to live in that place of being full of the things that aren't of God. And um, I was reading this story about, um, in ancient Rome, this brutal form of capital punishment where if you killed somebody, that they would actually chain a dead body to your back. And you'd have to carry that for the rest of your life, this dead body chained to your back. And, um, and over the weeks and the months, that, that inf- the infection and the poison from that dead body would actually kill you. And obviously, that's a horrible picture. But I think that sometimes what some of us live with, we kill the old man when we give our lives to Christ, but allow the enemy to strap it to our backs to remind us of our past and where we've come from. But the truth is, we don't have to live with that anymore because we've got freedom in Christ. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. And I loved what we were singing this morning. We were singing that. We were declaring that over our lives. That the old life has gone and a new life has begun. So with all that in mind... I'd like to talk, to talk to you all this morning about letting go of the things of old to be filled with everything that Jesus has for us. But to do that, we need to understand exactly what he's done for us by looking at three elements of his love. Now, there's so much more that we could look at in regards to God's love, but this morning, I just want to look at three things. So if you want a title for today's message, it's Love Sets You Free. So number one, the unconditional love of God. How many of you are looking for a summer holiday at the moment? I definitely am like browsing the internet for some kind of warmth that, or an option of warmth that's coming up in a few months. I'm a little bit cold. I need some Australian sun or something. I'm not acclimatized completely yet. Um, but browsing the internet, you see all these offers for holidays, 
Or if you're looking for new windows and that annoying man comes on the telly about buy one, get one free. You all know who I'm talking about. Or it's buy two, get the third free in boots and you have all these offers that entice you in. Um, and then you realize that you actually have to spend £1,000 for it to be worth anything. Or it's only valid on weekends, so that rules that one out. And um, it's the conditions of the offer that determine our acceptance of it in its fullness. And sometimes we approach God in the same way. We're so thankful for his love. We meet him, we encounter him, we get saved, and we're so thankful for his love. But feel that there must be some conditions attached to it. We're not full of him because we're holding on to other things. So maybe it's I need to do more for God. I'm thankful for his love, but I need to do more for him. Or like Christian was saying this morning, I need to be more holy. Thank you for your love, God, but but I must need to be more holy. Or I need to strive for God's approval. Or maybe it's how you, um, this this, uh, condition of love is how you approach other people and accept their love as well. But the Bible says in in Lamentations 3.22, the faithful of the, of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. And in Psalm 107 verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. And all of this, all of this stuff about conditions of his love, it's all lies to keep us in darkness because God has no conditions to his love. Jesus gave everything. He gave everything on the cross out of love There's no small print. There's nothing hiding in the small print. There's no conditions to his love. Um, It's like my mum and dad, regardless of some of the decisions I have or haven't made growing up and, and on the journey of life, their love has never changed towards me. It's unconditional. And how much more is the unconditional love of the Father towards us we don't need to do anything to change his love or to cause him to love us anymore. His love is enough and complete. And that's grace. Whatever we do or don't do doesn't change his love towards us. So the second part of God's love that I want us to look at is extravagant. Extravagant love of God. When I think about extravagance, I think above expectation. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We've got so many songs and movies and all this stuff. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing to you. That's okay. Um, But asking the question, what is love? I want to know what love is. All of these things. There's there's a world that's crying out to show me what is love. But the Bible teaches us that this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That, to me, is extravagant love. It's not something that um, your dog's going to do for you as much as your dog might love you. He's not going to lay down his life for you. Um, and I experienced the extravagant love of God so much in the last few years, but specifically when moving back to Manchester and that whole decision and process... I was over in Melbourne and really loving being over there and, to be honest, didn't ever want to come back, but I'm glad I am now. Um, but I had to walk that journey of, of, with God of going, okay, what is this next step for my life? And that was difficult because you think, 
well, surely this is the way that I should be going. But God started to show me that because of his extravagant love for me, I could step out in faith and I could trust and believe that he had a good plan for my life. And so I made the decision to move back and had no job and no home. And the only thing I did know was I was going to Manchester to Audacious Church. And and there I was in January last year and I got a call from a temping agency that I hadn't applied to be a part of. And after six weeks of being in Manchester, they said, oh, we want you to come in. We, we want to meet you. So I went in and the next day, and they said, oh, we've got a job lined up for you. You can start tomorrow. So I'm like, oh, brilliant, great. So I started temping this job. And then um, it's in the, for the government. I'm not a spy, but I like to just leave it at that so you might think that I am. <laughs> um, I won't tell you any more information. I'd have to kill you. Um, but there I was just, um, just, okay, trusting God, trusting God, believing in who he was. And then get this temping job. I end up getting the job that I was temping, which was a, a temporary contract. So I'm like, brilliant, that's amazing. I don't have to worry about searching the website and every other thing that you do to look for a job. And then um, a few weeks after that, my manager called me into the office and said, oh, we've got a position that's come up for the role above yours. We'd love you to apply for it. Um, there's pretty much only you applying for it, so it's pretty much yours, but we've got to do the... Um, the procedures, and I'm like, oh, amazing. Oh, and there's an eight grand pay rise. Oh, wow, amazing. Like, and, but I say all that not to say, oh, aren't I great? But that's the extravagance of God's love. When you, can st- when you can know that you can trust in his extravagant love, his extravagant plan for your life, it's incredible, and it's real, and it's not something that we have to strive for. And sometimes I think it is difficult for us to step out in faith because we don't understand the extravagance of his love and his plan for, towards us, but we can trust him. Because God's love was so extravagant that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And like I was saying before, that is extravagant love. That is extravagant love. And it's not for a certain few. Like Christian was saying this morning, you almost stole my point, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, it's not for a certain few. You might be here this morning, you've never been to church before, you have no idea what I'm saying. But if you can just remember one thing from this morning is that this extravagant, unconditional love that I'm talking about this morning, it's for you. It's not just for me, not just for these few people on the front row, it's for absolutely everybody. And, um, And there's no hierarchy to God's love either. You don't, you know, after a few years, get more get more of God's love, or after 20 years of being a Christian, right, now I have the fullness of God's love. No, everything is given to you in that one moment when you say yes to God. So the third thing is uh, relentless, relentless love. So we've got unconditional, extravagant, and relentless love. Now, a few people have said to me when moving back to Manchester, why? Why have you come back? The weather is absolutely terrible. And I'd have to agree, to be honest. Um, The rain is relentless. It's absolutely relentless, especially in summer. Which makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But this relentless rain, like, I think July last year, it rained every single day. Every day. You just, 
You just don't know what to do with yourself. Um, but it is, it's relentless, it just keeps on pouring. Um, in Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. So to be relentless is to be unyielding. And the idea that something is worth fighting for. And um, it kind of leads me to think about a fairy tale where the prince is like and relentless in his pursuit for the princess until she's safe, until she's rescued. But more than that, so much more than that, I think of Jesus who came to this earth on a relentless mission to restore humanity. Jesus who encountered opposition from everywhere but didn't stop in his pursuit of love who stopped for the one who gave all he had and poured out his life. And this same Jesus is relentless in his love today. Not just for me, but for you, and for you, and for you, and for you at the back, for every, everybody in this place. He is relentless in his love for you because he thinks that you are worth fighting for. Every single one of you, and regardless of what you've done or where you've come from, he loves you. If you've made a mistake, he's relentlessly chasing after you, and it's, it's never too late. It's never too late to turn around and just run back to God because he's relentlessly chasing after you. So this unconditional, this extravagant, this relentless love, it breaks every chain. We've been singing about it this morning. This love breaks every chain. It heals broken hearts. It casts out all fear. It redeems the lost, restores hopes and dreams, makes all things new, gives us victory over darkness and conquered sin and death. And um, I think that's incredible. I think that is absolutely incredible, this love that we didn't have to do anything for. God just freely gave it freely gave it because he wanted a relationship with us and um there's there's two groups of people here today and um if you just want to bow your heads that would be amazing just to give people a bit of privacy um the first group you've you've never encountered the love of God or been introduced to Jesus and you've been here this morning and you've been listening to everything that's been going on but you've never encountered the love of God and you've tried all sorts of different things and you're still searching for something more. You've strived to be accepted in life and you feel, still feel empty. But you've been hearing this morning about living with a fullness. The Bible says in John 10.10, 10, this is Jesus speaking. I came so that you might have life and life to the full. And regardless of what you've been trying to fill your life with up to this point, Jesus has come to give you life and life to the full. So I'd love it if you could just lift up your right hand if you want to encounter this love that that I've been talking about this morning. It's not exclusive. It's not reserved for a certain special few. It's unconditional. It's extravagant. And it's relentless. If you just want to lift up your right hand, it'd be amazing. Awesome. And there's a second group of people that are here this morning. You you know God, you know, you've encountered him. 
you've perhaps known him for a long time, but you, something in you identifies with what's being said this morning. You know God, but there's been something stopping you from experience, experiencing the fullness of Christ in your life. And today it's time to let go of some stuff. And you know what that is, and I just believe God is speaking to you right now. But perhaps it's the unforgiveness. Perhaps it's an offense that you've even got with somebody in this room that you just need to let go of and surrender that to Jesus and and trust in his extravagant love to sort out the situation. Or perhaps it's 